0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very much, everyone, locking in today. Um, before I get into today's episode, one that I'm looking forward to talking to, uh, Joe at Buffalo Wins. We're going to talk about uh, an article that Ty Dunn put out this week, a very uh, polarizing, long story about Sean McDermott in those last 13 seconds. I wanted to talk about that with Joe today. Before that, though, I, I did want to say there was no episode on Friday, and a decent amount of people asked why there was no episode. And I didn't want to say at the time because he hadn't mentioned it. And out of respect, of course, I wanted to wait until he put something out there. But the reason why there was no casual Friday episode this week was because um, Joe Yarden, who's my Friday casual Friday co-host, and who's somebody who's become a really good friend of mine over the last couple of years, Unfortunately, his mother passed away on Thursday afternoon. She had a long uh, three-year battle with uh, a rare form of blood cancer. So anyway, like I said, sadly, she passed away. And that's why uh, Joe was unavailable on Friday. Hopefully, he'll be back this week. But whether it's this week, couple weeks, however long it takes, uh, he'll be back soon enough. And of course, I obviously want to uh, you know, express my... My condolences and prayers for Joe and his family. I mean, that really sucks. But, uh, you know, that's life sometimes. But anyway, that's why there was no casual Friday this week. I will have an episode on Friday this week. I just, like I said, hopefully Joe will be back. But if he's not, he'll be back at some point. I do have this Joe with me, though, today. Joe at Buffalo Winds, who will not let me call him Joe from Queens anymore. He said that was lame and he didn't like it. (laughs) What's going on, dude, man? Who, by the way, Joe at Buffalo wins on Twitter is not on Twitter for the next, uh, what? 30 something days for lent. You gave it up. for yeah. lent. Probably doing the world a favor right now. At least Buffalo Twitter. Anyway, I, I don't it, think I, I think,
2: I think Buffalo Twitter is losing, uh, losing a lot of knowledge with me <laughs> for the, the 40 days or whatever Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. but yeah, thanks for having me. And definitely my condolences to the Joe Jordan and, uh, for his loss, Joe's yeah. a great guy. He you, you know, obviously like, uh, wish him well and him, him and his whole family.
1: Yeah. Let me, you know, let me say this too real quick here. Then we'll dive into today's episode. Let me tell you the kind of guy Joe is. So let we tape, generally speaking, we usually tape our casual Friday episode somewhere around lunchtime on Thursday. He does another podcast and then he'll, you know, take a little bit of a break and, and then we tape our show. And, uh, he was, I sent him the link. I hadn't talked to him on Thursday morning and, uh, I sent him the link to join and he was a good half hour or so late, which is, you know, kind of weird, but I was like, whatever, you know, I'm doing stuff, uh, other things and just waiting for him to be able to jump on. Anyway, he jumped on and he just looked terrible. And, uh, you know, he looked demoralized physically and you could tell emotionally, here's my point though, he was still going to do the show anyway. I was like, dude, you can't come on, man. You know, uh, you, you can't do it and uh he he tried to make it back to albany his 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 parents he chose from albany and his mom passed while he was later that afternoon headed back to albany but my point was the kind of guy he is man he was going to at least make a go of of taping our show even though obviously he was completely devastated just tells you you know what a great dude he is man i I feel terrible for him now i will say this he's obviously very sad but he did make it a point to tell me and, and that you know There's a a sense of relief in a way because she was suffering. You know, you know how it is when you have a parent or a loved anyone, a loved one who's suffering, and at some point you you hope that the suffering ends. So, anyway, I just want to throw it out there. That's just the kind of dude he was. He was still going to do this podcast tape on Thursday, literally with his mom having hours to live. Man, just a great guy, man. I love him so.
2: He's
1: a good dude. Hire, hire Joe Yerdon. Hire Damn Joe <laughs> Yerdon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he'll be back. I mean, he'll be back when he, when he wants to, and when he wants to, uh, I will very much uh, look he'll forward to having him. He'll be kicking your
2: back. ass in more of those drafts, like he always does. Yeah.
1: Well, I had a two. I had a two week winning streak, but he, had, oh, he ended God. that last week. He beat the shit out of me, and uh, I, I can't even remember the category. <laughs> We've done so many of them, I don't even remember. I do know we were supposed to draft on uh, ninety sitcoms on Friday show so when he is back eventually hopefully this week if not soon enough uh we'll do 90s sitcoms anyway all right so today i want to talk about a, a story that uh our good friend tyler dunn dropped from his uh go long newsletter and uh l- let me say this to you i, w- I want to preface this before we even talk about the story itself today because i want to let everybody know that they, well, a Tyler is a, a friend of mine. Tyler's somebody I've known for a long time, going all the way back to 2006. We wrote for a Bills blog together, and you could just tell at that time how talented he was, and it was a matter of time before his career would take off, and it did, of course. Anyway, um, Tyler, of course, has his own subscription newsletter, Go Long, and is doing great, and he put out a story this week, and I wanted to preface this by saying, look, I am friends with the guy, all right? But that said, I'm going to talk about it objectively. I feel like guys like Tyler and Tim Graham and Joe Biscaglia, no matter who they are, I, I love these guys. I respect a lot of their work, but I don't always agree with what they say. And sometimes I'll disagree respectfully and, and they're fine with it. But anyway, Tyler wrote a, uh, a story this week on his uh, on Go Long. And it was, uh, I, I look at it, 6,540 words, man. It was called. It's a bad, bad situation, uh, and it was a deep dive into what is now the infamous last 13 seconds uh, of that bill's debacle uh, in Kansas City. And um, before I bring ask you, start asking you questions and, and talk about the story, you're the one who put me on the story first. In fact, I could say it now. You knew about the story a couple days before it came out. Cause you obviously must've talked to Tyler. So I knew the story. I got birds
2: in the air. You yeah. had birds in the I'm air. Not, I knew- I'm like Varys from Game of Thrones. Yeah. I got little birdies all over. But yeah, <laughs>
1: You told I, me we were yeah. talking about, we were bickering on Facebook. Like we usually do about a variety uh, of stuff. And you told me that he had a, a story coming out in these next few days. Uh, this is the, the last, the, the whole 13 second thing to me is like one of the biggest dividers. Right now on social media, um, there's.
2: I picked. I picked the right way to leave because I, have, I haven't heard any of this, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> well, to hear about you telling, recapping the social media divide. I don't know what divide there could be. I
1: will tell you what, you know what? If I, what people I,
2: are pissed off, like what? Oh, how dare Ty talk to players and coaches? Not and that. Other people? Not that. No, 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 no. Talk no, about no. the combine instead. Okay, anyway. No, coach, no, no, no.
1: That's that's <laughs> not what ahead. I meant. And and I also shouldn't have. I, I'm selling the significance of the end of that Bills game short by saying social media. Whether it's social media conversations with your family and friends, just in yeah, general, it, it, it was, it's, 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 a, it's we're never
2: going to forget that moment, right?
1: Ever. It's a and, so it's, and, and it's a very 20 years from now. It's a dividing factor. There's mm-hmm. there's people who still want more information. They're angry. They're hurt. They're pissed off. They want answers. They want more accountability. Besides just saying, "I take accountability," they want actual accountability for it. So you got that side, and then you got people who are just, they're completely over it at this point. It's like, all right, the game's over. They lost. There's nothing we could do about it now. I want to move on. I'm already into the 2022 season. You got that side. Then you got sides. who talk about Tyler Dunn on a personal level because maybe he has some acts to grind with Sean McDermott for personal reasons, which whatever, I think that's ridiculous. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, my whole point was this, Joe. Is It's just fascinating. And I did talk to Tyler I told him that you and I were going to be talking about this on a Sunday night taping for a Monday morning podcast. And he, and he told me, and I'm quoting here, he said, the Bills had a golden opportunity to win it all, blew it, and I felt it was worth digging into why. Um, before we talk about maybe the specifics of what was in the story, which we're certainly going to do, where do you fall on the side of when it comes to that you still want more information, you want more answers, or are you one of the sides that just, Yo, man, let's just leave it alone. It's over and done with, and let's move on. Where do you kind of fall when it comes to that?
2: More information. Yeah. Like, definitely. I want, I, I, I talked about this in the last podcast we did, about how, like, when I was talking about the media, how we did not know at that point. This is like, you know, two, three weeks ago. We didn't know about what happened with the 13 seconds or the special teams coach. Um, and, like, like, what happened to him? Did he get fired? Did he quit? I wanted this information out there. Okay, and I thought it was important to get it out there, and no one even got a sniff of it at all. Okay, unless unless you want to be believe Twitter DMs or whatever, no one had shit. Okay, Unless you watch it all twenty two, and you can decipher that, which fine, whatever. But no one had anything. I wanted to find out, okay, because it was such a colossal moment of what the hell happened. I also wanted to know. I I think for me. If you want to know what really, really gets me turned on, okay, about coverage, it's, it's gossip. It's stories. It's things that's going on in the locker room, things that I don't know shit about, okay? I don't need you to tell me about the top 20 prospects at the Combine or 20 reasons why Gronk should be a Buffalo Bill. I don't need any of that shit. I can find it myself, but what I can't find is what is like what's the temperature of that locker room. And that, those last 13 seconds, okay? There was more, it went in the, into that story. There was more than just about the special teams miscue, about the defense called. There seemed to be a lot of like, I, I, who knows how many people tied talked to player wise? Could have been 10 players, could have been three. I don't know. But there definitely seemed to be people who were not happy with McDermott. Not just how he handled that 13 seconds, but how he handled it afterwards, which I think is the biggest news story out of this thing. So you could say, well, we should move on. Who cares about the last 13 seconds? We know. Guess what? The players obviously didn't seem to move on from it or the coaches because they talked to Ty. I don't think Ty bribed them with drugs or, or a Hamburg gift, gift card to, to, to talk to him. Like they obviously had something to say. They were not happy about it. But me personally, yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking March. Like what, what it's we're six weeks after the season ends. What's what's going on right now? For me, like I can understand if it's June already or July or maybe September and like we're into the, like the, the, the we're about to start the season off. This is bullshit time right now. Like what am I gonna sit there and watch the combine for three hours and be like, oh I can't I gotta see this guy running in shorts and uh let's 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 like that sort of nonsense. Like I'd rather hear about the the gossip of what's going on with the locker room and what happened in those 13 seconds because it was a colossal choke, which we talked about it, you and I, the, the sure. podcast after that happened, it was a choke job. And when you have a choke job, that's usually something, and especially when it's on the plate, when the coaches, it's like a mental thing that there was discussion. It wasn't just like a player having a brain fart and like, you know, that sort of thing. This was something that happened not just like a bunch of different moments during those 13 seconds.
1: Yeah. Great point. I'll say this too. For, well, first and foremost, I actually, I copied and pasted just because I wanted to know. So I copied and pasted his entire story, you know, a Microsoft Word document to do a run a word count. It was like 6,540 words, man. That's a, that's a lot of work. And Tyler Dunn is one of the very best at storytelling, whether it's something you want to hear that's good news about your team or whether it's something that you don't want to hear. And very few people out there can do it better than Tyler. And this article alone is worth subscribing to go long. And I'm not just sitting here trying to, you know, be an advocate for people, you know, trying to plug him, say, go do this. And that's not why we're talking about this on the podcast. That's got nothing to do with it, but I am saying it is a a great newsletter and and it's worth uh. The subscription just for that alone. I'll say this too. If Josh Allen, and I do like Sean McDermott for the most part as a coach, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the transformation of the Buffalo Bills over the last five years. Although at the end of the day, give me the great quarterback. You know, I think Josh Allen has plenty to do with why the Buffalo Bills are where they are right now. But I'll say this too. If Josh Allen had the, the best postseason of any Bills quarterback in, in team history, which I do think he did in the camp, between the Kansas City and the New England game. He was flawless, pretty much flawless. I'll say this. I think that Sean McDermott, those last 13 seconds, that was probably the worst job of head coaching I've ever seen in my life by any coach on the Buffalo Bills. In the history of the franchise, I've never seen worse coaching than I've seen in the last 13 years. So for that reason, that's why I agree with you. I want more information. I do also want to hear uh, about the pulse of the locker room, the temperature of the locker room. And there was plenty of there was plenty of meat on the bone when it came to this story. Now that some people out there, some critics, and again, I want to cover this objectively, and I'm not going to make it so much about my opinion. You're my guest, so that's your kind of your job to give me your opinion. I'm kind of just uh, you know tr- trying to play it down the middle a little bit here. There are people out there who say, "Well, oh, I didn't really learn anything that I didn't already know." I don't personally believe that, but I see yeah, their you, point. You knew that Diggs and Jerry Hughes got on no, a fight after no, the game. No, no, I've no, seen no.
2: these people saying, "like I didn't."
1: I already like. Yeah, come I, on, so I, I a was lot of, more uh, beyond that. A lot of people who have those opinions, it, it's my belief that they didn't read it because I think if you read they it, it I don't think you would come to that conclusion. But anyway, let's talk about some of the meat and potato parts of the story. Uh, kind of somewhat in order. Um, it appears to me that Sean McDermott either called for or he wanted to. Uh, Kicked the ball deep after the Bills scored with 13 seconds. Um, Heath Farrell wanted uh, to, to squib kick it left. And I got the quote here, and this is an excerpt from Tyler's article. If you're looking at this on YouTube, I'm going to read it as well. Um, he says, what I've been told by many players on the team, what veterans said, and some special teams players, is special teams coordinator Heath Farrell. That's his job, right? He's aware of the situation. He has studied that. So he tells McDermott to kick the squib. And McDermott said to kick the ball out of the field. So then Farrell is arguing the case for why we should kick the squib. But then you've also got special teams on the other side and has to get them together and give them their pep talk and play call and what they're trying to do. He's in the other side. He's telling them what to do. And then he runs down and goes back. And in the midst of all this confusion, the kicker didn't get the information that he needed to quick kick the squib. So that's what happened. They get out there and they didn't kick the squib. It was a bad, bad situation, which is the title of a, this story by Tyler. And a squib and attack around the 30, 35 yard line, he adds, changes the whole dynamic of the game. With less time, the Chiefs may have had no choice but to attempt one Hail Mary or lateral all the way down the field. Another player confirmed this story, which I know you're going to talk about this actual players that Tyler talked to um, for a story. Here it is. Another player confirmed the story, adding that Fuel had everyone ready for the squib. He was telling them to line up for the squib, this player said. And I guess McDermott had the last say, and I don't know if McDermott translated that to Heath because Heath was prepared for the squib in his mind. And McDermott was like, "Kick it out." Another player was more diplomatic, citing uh, a miscommunication right off the bat. Here, that's a lot. That pretty much tells you that Sean uh, McDermott wanted the ball kicked out, and that and or and never got the message got to uh, Tyler Bass. Now I remember Cover One did do a film breakdown about three or four weeks ago, and they showed in the film. So Ron Neal and one other player on the kicking team kind of like having their arms up, like what the hell is going on here? You can see during the play, they were stunned that it was kicked. So Tyler Bass never got it. I, I think this story confirms that. And it pretty much confirms that Sean McDermott did not want to squib kick. So Yeah. That's, and, that's on here.
2: And, I, and, and I, I like when I talked about before, like Twitter DMs, like I had heard that a few different times. Sure. Like that was Me too. And you could sit here and go, look, Maybe they fair, maybe the pooch kick, they fair catch the pooch kick, you know, and there's no time that comes off. Maybe, and like, maybe it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Okay. But the point that I would say to that person is that they obviously, like, they were not prepared for that situation. I feel like Sean McDermott, who's Mr. like attention to detail kind of guy, has a notebook full of in this situation, this is what we do. And obviously, you would think he would work this out with his coaches like, hey, if there's 12 seconds left, You're supposed to, like, pooch kick it or whatever. We don't kick it out of the end zone, blah, blah, blah. And it obviously seemed like both guys, like, got into a a tips about it because they, you know, either they never talked about it prior to this, you know, which I would assume, like, you should probably talk about this is a situation that happens. I mean, it could happen. And I'm not talking about, like, a minute before the drive starts. I'm talking, like, in the meetings or in training camp when you're sitting around and, like, you have these stories of we're here 16 hours a day and we have no lives. Like, you would think. In your giant notebook you have this situation but for that to happen where they obviously didn't know what they were kind of doing that doesn't look good on him okay it doesn't look good on mcdermott at all and uh yeah you know i i think it shows that something that i've talked about on this podcast before that you know i think sean mcdermott and look i think he's a very good coach i i'm still I don't know if he's, like, Marty Schottenheimer where he can't win the big game kind of guy yet. You know, like, it's still a lot of room left. He's a very good coach, okay? But, like, I think he has, at, at times, issues with his coaches. I think all you have to do is look at how many coaches have left, and that yes, some of them deserve to leave. Like, you know, Dennison needed, Dennis needed to get thrown into the sun. But, like, other guys, it's like he has gone through them. He has recycled them out, man. Like, people have let me – this coach the special teams the, coach literally the special just teams said that. coach left to go to, go Jackson. to jacksonville jacksonville like what are you an aew fan you want to go with like and you know hang out with the cons tyler like,
1: tyler wrote during his story that um it was he left on his own accord too and it was his decision to resign and uh and, and to go to jacksonville like,
2: and you you leave josh allen and you leave the bills to go to freaking jacksonville yeah I... that's just that right there i was like did you not like talking to sean it Was sean and, and he was only at the special teams coach for what two years I think i'm almost, not like,
1: i'm not even sure I, I danny Crossman
2: was the guy before like i think it was two years i think this was his second year here because Crossman was the guy who was here before and he was still with mcdermott or whatever but i think he hasn't been here that long and i think that's like a thing like he's and look, I, I don't know, like, again, maybe like, I, I know it's a way you could spin this into like, well, you know, Bill Belichick, he hated his assistants or whatever the fuck, like things along those lines. But
1: there's some truth as of right
2: that, now. There's I think he he has a little bit of a, an issue with some of the coaches. They, I, I think there's just, some
1: truth to that. I, yeah, there's some validity to it. I, I do think that there is 32 uh, coaching staffs that don't see the eye to eye all the time and they have their uh, fair yeah. share of discontent. I think maybe it's a little bit more in Buffalo. Um, But, but
2: but leaving is the key to me. And again, I don't have it to where it's, you know, I don't look this up, but if someone was like, Hey, I'm going to go look up, I'm going to go look up the Andy Reed coaching staff from like 2013 to now and see how many coaches left or got fired. And I bet you it's not, it's maybe it's not, not that long. And like the only guy who got promoted was, was Dable. That's the only guy who left for a better job as on the coaching staff. Well, and again, some people deserved it, sure, but, like, it's been a lot. And I think this shows, like, the type of, like, a little bit of that, where this guy quit to go to fucking Jacksonville.
1: I'll say like, this, too, Joe. I, to me, and, again, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of things that come from this story that, to, at least to some extent, we didn't know one of them, and you, you kind of mentioned it. And it was overblown, I think, too. But Stefan Diggs almost got into a fight with a defensive player in the locker room, and Jerry Hughes had to intervene and step in i'll tell you what though that shit that goes, i i bet you it goes on in every locker room sure, at the end of the moment it's the shock and the suddenness of the way they lost and stefan Diggs wears his heart on his sleeve he's an emotional duty brian went in the locker room lost his shit you know if words were said i'm sure that was squashed right away but i'll tell you what to me the most uh damning thing of the entire tyler dunn piece for me was uh how upset the players were and are and seem to be over what was and is a a lack of accountability from Sean McDermott, not within the media, not Sean McDermott getting in front of reporters and saying, I take accountability. We didn't execute, yada, yada, yada. I'm talking about to his own team, to his players on his team, that kind of lack of accountability. And again, I don't want to get into every detail of Tyler's story because I'm, you know, it's a, it's his business. It's his, uh, You know, go and subscribe and read it for yourself. And I encourage everybody to do that, whether you love it or not. But I will say one thing, one player, and this was a very damning quote to me. He says, uh, you preach accountability, one player said, but you don't practice it. That is, that's a a player, man. That ain't Joe from Queens. That ain't Pat from Buffalo. That's a freaking player on the Buffalo Bills saying you, you preach accountability, but you don't practice it, man. That's pretty damning.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it. I I think my whole thing is. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the player, and I'm going to say why. And look, it's fine for him to be upset. Like he could be upset, but like, I think in some instances, maybe McDermott's thought process is, "Hey, I just want to move on from this." Right. And I'm not taking. We're not going to do the blame game. Like afterwards, we're not going to look at the film and and dissect it. It's just like, get, let's get the hell out of town. And like, just just for, like, forget it. I don't want to Which cut you can, off
1: because uh, I want you to continue your point. But I will say to what you're saying right now, it was in Tyler wrote about that too. This was different. This wasn't a a regular season game where they go in the next day and watch the game film. This was the end of the season where 24 hours later it's locker room cleanup. So we didn't have that time with the team and film. You know, like sure. they usually would do. All right, didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
2: No, it's okay. Yeah, and but uh, with the player, it's it's like they could have he. he McDermott may just want it to be like, we need to just move on from it. Like, let's not look at the film. Let's not talk about it. Now, if the player is like, you know, and I don't know, maybe if McDermott has these moments, you know, and again, this is like one of those things that we don't get too much locker room access from any of the reporters for, I mean, we can get into that later, but like, we don't know how McDermott coaches these guys like during the week. Is he yelling at them in the, in the, in the sessions going, you messed this up. You messed this up, blah, blah, blah. And maybe this is the guy's receipt of like you know you're 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 telling us during the week, it's like when we mess up, you're on our asses, but here you are messing up, and you don't say anything, and that could have been part of why this player thinks that way yeah um in terms of that, but it's not a good look I, and again you know I think I think you know and I don't know was the article it was more about McDermott to them, not in public though I thought it was more in public he had an issue with like with McDermott saying execution, because that's all McDermott said was execution. Was the player, I thought the players were more annoyed that he didn't say it in public, like it's on me, you know? Am I wrong when I, when reading that article? I, I had, because I haven't read the article in a couple of days since Friday, but like I thought the player kind of insinuated it more to like not in a little bit in the locker room, but like not happy that in public McDermott didn't say, because again, execution it's 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 a, a, a two way it, it it it's very ambiguous it could be it could mean the coaches it could mean the players it could be both you know what i mean and obviously in this case you know from what we're reading the tea leaves it was definitely the coaching that messed up that last 13 seconds
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think some players, I mean, I'm speculating here, we'll put that out there, but I think th- they were annoyed because of him not really taking accountability or any specifics that it's just, there's still, there's questions that they probably don't even know the answers to, at least at, at at this point right now. I think at the end of the day, the meat and potatoes of this article, the biggest point of it is that this loss is on Sean McDermott. No, this loss mm-hmm. was on the head coach. And look, Tyler wasn't breaking any news. We knew this before his article came out a couple of days ago. So I'm like, oh, wow, I guess Sean McDermott is the reason why the Bills, the biggest reason why they lost at the end there. I mean, we all know that. It's not breaking news. It was just a, in my opinion, it was just a really elaborately told story by, by Tyler with a lot of layers and, again, some sourcing and, in quotes, directly from players, which, by the way, Isaiah McKenzie was not one of them. Uh, he does the, They do the podcast together, but Tyler wrote in the story that he did not he interview Isaiah yeah. for this story. Uh, the story. The other thing, so we know about the special teams now, what happened. The other thing that a lot of people are still angry about are the last two defensive calls. Because at the end of the day, even if you screw up and kick it out of bounds, bottom line is Ken said had the ball at the 25-yard line with only 13 seconds left. And those two defensive calls, how they allowed Kansas City to get a free, what, 50-something yards, basically, or 40-some yards in, in two plays in 10 seconds is the most sickening part. I do want to read one more excerpt from Tyler's article, and he writes this. Now, this is not a source player. This is his, his take. Frazier calls a defense, but obviously McDermott wasn't exactly ordering a popcorn from a vendor in Section 120 during those two timeouts. He's clearly an active participant, and if he didn't intervene to make sure his defense was positioned to disrupt Casey's speed, he should have. Probably no coach in the NFL has been thinking about how to stop Mahomes, Hills, and Kelsey more than these last years, and this was the grand reveal. In the AFC Championship one year prior, McDermott coached scared by kicking chip shot field goals. That side of him reared its ugly head again. The Bills killed two possessions in the shootout by punting on fourth and four and fourth and one. But this time around, he discovered a new way to coach scared. A defensive end could have been told to drop a shoulder into a Kelsey off the line and derail his timing. Cornerbacks should have been instructed to be physical at the line. If anything, a defensive penalty helps Buffalo. Go full Mel Blount or Mel Blount at the line of scrimmage would have been a phenomenal idea. These safeties should have been defending a field goal, not a touchdown. Instead, players were put in a position to lose the game. I mean, again, this isn't, Anything new that we didn't know, but just to, to, to read the story and find out these details. The way the defense was out there, and he talked about and wrote about Levi Wallace at length, and Levi Wallace did what he was coached to do and was supposed to do, which was pretty much give them the inside. The Bills and Sean McDermott coach those last 13 seconds like the Chiefs had no timeouts. They were willing to give up big yards in the middle of the field, but the problem was Kansas City had three timeouts. There's no other conclusion. To say, saying it now and saying it an hour after the game happened, the defense in the last 13 seconds blew the game, and Sean McDermott is the head coach, and he had to have something to do with that because they did call timeout. So they had time to discuss it. Both times. Both times, yeah. He choked. I mean, Tyler wrote 6,400 words. I could tell you in two, he choked. That's what it comes down to, right?
2: I feel – I feel with that situation. The Tariq Hill touchdown from before scared the shit out of McDonald's. Absolutely. It scared them. And that's why they were playing their safeties, you know, across the Missouri River. There even is a Missouri River. I don't know. But like they were basically playing their safeties way down the field, you know, being afraid of that. Sure. And uh yeah, it's just it's it's mind-boggling. I I, I wish I we can figure out like if it, how many times in in in, in the Annals of NFL history has this happened where you got 50 yards to get a field goal with 13 seconds left, and how many times has that really happened? And I'm gonna say, I, I I mean, I don't know, like maybe once, twice, and like it it happened. And the thing with the, with with that whole thing was it was done so easily, like they didn't even work for it. It wasn't like a freak play, like you know, Mahomes is running for his life, right. and Like, you no, know, like very easy plays. It. Like it was like fucking techno Super Bowl. Because you know the Bills I were mean? in a
1: prevent defense. The Bills were yeah. in a literal prevent defense. You would think, if you didn't know any better, you would think that Sean McDermott was so incompetent that he thought his team was up four points and not three. Because they very clearly were playing to prevent a touchdown in 13 seconds and not a field goal. It's just, I don't know, man. It just opens up old wounds for me. And I, I do want to play devil's advocate here, okay? I, I, I want to be fair, and I want to play devil's advocate because there's kind of two parts. There's critics. Who at the end of the day, um, you know, Ty didn't really tell us something that we didn't already know, you know, in terms of who's to blame for the kickoff and the soft defense at the end. So there are people out there who are saying that. And then there's people out there who are uh, haters out there, quite frankly, or they're even accusing Tyler Dunn of putting out stuff right now and taking advantage of Bill's emotions the fans uh, and basically offering clickbait. You know, because it's—I'm
2: uh, yeah. using base. air quotes you, here on
1: video. It's controversial, and uh, you know that's going to lead to clicks. I could tell you this much. And again, I—I'll uh, <laughs> say this. Here's the other thing as well. I want to address this. There's also our people out there, and I've heard this a couple times on Twitter over the last handful of days. Who, who
2: are these people? Tyler, are they, are they, are they, they say they, are they,
1: Tyler on, has a—they're oh, fans. On. They're fans who don't like I Tyler. I Huh? Okay.
2: Are they like reply guys, like bots or like, are they? No, they're, they're
1: fans who just don't okay. want they're, it. They don't want it. All right. Again, I'm playing devil's right, advocate right. here and I'm being objective. And there are people out there who say that Tyler has a personal axe to grind against Sean McDermott in part because Sean fired his boy, Jim Monis, who does the podcast the go long podcast with Tyler every week. Him and Tyler are obviously close. Um, and Tyler also has Doug Whaley on quite often on the podcast and, you know, Sean got his ass, uh, jettisoned as well. So there's people out there who say, well, Ty is biased against Sean McDermott because of that. I want to, I will tell you this, Joe, because I do know Tyler relatively well.
2: Yeah. You said it a hundred times. They're boys.
1: Well, anyway, he's, he look. That's not true. Okay, Tyler, does he like Sean McDermott as a person? I don't know. And I don't give a shit. But what I can tell you is Tyler is not going to write a 6,400 word, basically uh, uh, an essay for for clicks. It's not clickbait, man. And he's not the kind of guy who's going to grind a personal axe against somebody like that. It's just there's validity to Sean McDermott choked. That's what happened. And Tyler basically dug in and calling him out for it, man. But do you do you understand the people who, who do no, take no, that other side? I mean, like I, I don't want to hear about this shit anymore. I don't want to read about this shit anymore. It's over and it's done with. Or Ty just don't like this dude, man.
2: I understand the whole. I can see people thinking that because I would think that. I used to think that about Jerry Sullivan. Like I used to think he had a, a never ending hard on for Mario Williams, Marcel Darius but in 90% of the bills players from like 2000 to today, like, and I used to be like, this guy's writing shit to troll these people. Cause he doesn't like how they, their quotes and things along those lines. And I still stand by that.
1: I do too. Cause I, I think, okay. I think there's some truth in Sully having personal yes. agendas against some people. I the don't think that's with Tyler. Go ahead.
2: Yes. The difference though, is that Tyler did reporting on this. And once you go, look, you can hate. I, one thing I disagree with Tyler on this and on, on the, on the story was, him saying Sean McDermott owed the public more. I don't agree with that. If Sean McDermott wants to come out and say like it's execution and he doesn't want to move on from it, I, I fine. Like I it's he doesn't he does not owe me that. Okay. Now it's up to Ty and for other people to, to dig the dirt, which he did, and find out why. But I understand why the coach does that. It's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick on the Cincinnati, on the Cincinnati, on the Cincinnati. He, he is notorious for being that type of coach mm-hmm. after a colossal loss. That, to me, is what Sean's doing. So that's one thing I didn't agree with Ty in the article when, when he, he said that they owe him more. And I don't agree with that. But, you know, I do want it's, to it's, – it's one of those, like, double-edged swords. Like, he doesn't owe us more, but I do want to know. But, like, I know he's not going to tell us. Even – you know what I mean? So that's one thing I, I would disagree with. Now, in terms of Manos, look. I've listened to Ty's – I don't listen to too many podcasts. Ty and Tim Dun- Tim Graham's are the only ones I really listen to. I've heard Manos. Manos has said time and time again that Sean McDermott should have fired everyone. Like he agrees with it. Like he has said that time and time again. Like, yeah, they, they it was a it was a clusterfuck there. They he should have they should have gotten rid real- He has said that basically. He praises I, I McDermott
1: not, plenty on the show. Yeah, too.
2: and he does, and he said it like. Doug Whaley, he's only been it once or twice. I know, like, after the game last year for the field goal where he was kind of he – t- he poked a little bit at, at McDermott saying, like, you know, iron sharpens iron, you're kicking field goals over here. Yeah, And, like, that kind of maybe – you could maybe say, like, oh, he's a little bit pissed off, but he's a commentator. He's supposed to like, give, hot, you know, opinions on that. But, you know, look, do I think – Ty does have his favorites. I, I'll tell it. I mean, I, I would always joke with Ty on social media. He loves Chris Hogan. Like, because he used to, do, he would, he was done features on Chris Hogan a lot. I'm like, and and whenever Ty would see, like, you know, whenever there would be a game where Chris Hogan would have that anomaly game with the Patriots, and he he catch like 150 balls, Ty would say something like, you know, you couldn't do that in Buffalo. I'm like, oh, you gotta, you gotta get your boy some, you know, some some plugs or whatever. But even if Ty like again, even if he hates McDermott and thinks he's boring, or you know, maybe he like, look, I don't think I honestly think a lot of the media people. I don't think they really like Sean McDermott all that much, but they got to kiss the ring of the bills to like, you know, with the hopes of getting access, all that shit we always talked about. I think the, there's been a lot of Sean McDermott. Like I've heard some Sean McDermott, like media stories that I'm like, Oh, like that. If he ever gets canned, it's all going to come out. But the, the, the truth is, even if Ty hates McDermott, hates all those people, he got sources. He it was not just three thousand words on him yelling and complaining like if I did right. a blog. Post right. about. He
1: he's not a columnist. He, he's not just yeah. being a columnist.
2: He, I mean he put some of it his own spin on it, obviously, sure. but he He had look, he had a lot of sources, yeah. Like, like I said, he had a bunch of like like the whole thing with like the assistant coaches. The in, like, I didn't know the special teams coach and then and like was miserable and wanted to leave, basically. You know, none of us knew that.
1: And by the way, Joe, he's the only one, too. You know, it's been all these weeks now since this game happened. And for the people out there who say, Well, I'm tired of talking about it, I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, guess what? Tyler has been the first and the only one to this point to put out information that includes sourcing from players, quotes from players, play, uh, coaches Funny too. Funny thing. I don't know how many coaches, but he said he talked to players and coaches for this story. How many? We don't know. But he's the only one who is taking taken that deep well, it's dive. it's got to be the Zooms.
2: Uh, I mean, it's because everyone's on Zooms and they can't.
3: I'm
2: being facetious <laughs> about that. But yeah, I mean, he got a bunch of people to talk about it. And he was the only one because I don't think, you know, I don't like I just kind of alluded to it before like he doesn't kiss the ring of the bills in terms of he doesn't care about going on these zooms or covering the beat or any of that shit. He wants people to like read his stuff and I li- and I like that. I that's a piece. I think it's the best piece I've re- I've read about the bills in God knows how long because it gave me insight of stuff I did not know. And you could sit there and I don't know, you know, look, if people want to say like, "Oh, we already knew what happened." No, you 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 had no idea that that the special teams coach was miserable and like basically couldn't wait to leave. It felt like, or that the players were pissed off afterwards. You didn't know that, okay? You didn't know that. No one fucking knew that. And so, Stephon like,
1: Diggs almost got in fight in the locker room. Yeah, too.
2: Like I don't know how he got that, but or a player obviously gave it to him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was um, it was a it was uh, you know I don't think it's it's him having a, a grudge. He you know. The point is, even if you thought like this, his column stuff was was him being like a dick about it. You you could easily bypass that and go right to the quotes of the players. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. And look, people did want look. I want to... I mean, again, I don't think Sean McDermott owed me anything, but I definitely did want to know what the hell was going on. Again, I love that drama. I want to know that. I think is what makes a good beat writer good. I I know you love the
1: drama. Well. I let me say this and no, I don't I, I don't like, want you to like, accuse me of sticking up for my little local media buddies boys. yeah
0: it's yeah, some extent I do.
3: But I will you're say this buddies, the, the yeah, Bills but... beat
1: reporters and Tyler Dunn are not the same person because Tyler is a feature writer wow. Tyler does deep dives Tyler's style of oh. writing and what he does Tyler's not a Buffalo he's not reporting on the Buffalo Bills Tyler Dunn is uncovering stories some on the field stuff some off the field stuff and he's as good as anybody out there who does it i mean tyler dunn is elite but a tyler dunn doesn't cover the bill's beat he's not reporting for practice and draft stuff and all that other shit
2: sure but they have other people like where's jason wolf's column then on this since he's like he's a feature writer i
1: agree you're not wrong
2: matt perino is is not a matt perino is kind of like a hybrid like columnist he does he does a bunch of shit on his website where's his piece on this um, you know what I mean? I don't buy that, like, in terms of, like, feature writer. Everyone can write whatever the hell they want to write about. Okay? Like, this, you know, and here's what I'll say. I'll say this. Like, you know, I, I, I how do I spoon feed this into this conversation? But I'm just going to do it. Like, you know, I, 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 I sit here and kind of laugh because I told you last week, you wanted me on the podcast last week, and I didn't want to come on because I'm like, I don't want to talk about Gronk because I had a feeling this piece was going to come out. And I was like, save me for this piece because I'm going to, I have some I have some takes, you know, in terms of like, you know, I have for years constantly heard from like Buffalo sports media that you got to be there to like know what's going on inside and outside the locker room. Like I hear Mike Harrington's voice in my head right now. Like I'm there every day. <laughs> Ty Dunn's not there every day. Ty Dunn hasn't been there since like 2015. He covered the bills beat in w- during the Rex years. And I'm pretty sure Everyone is dead from that era. Like they're gone. They clean out their offices. So it's not like he could call his boy and like the, the like the scout there because they're all gone. You know, and how did he get all this stuff? Like, how did he get it if he's not covering it there? If you know, we get all these we get we get some of these guys kissing Sean McDermott's ass, taking 70 minutes to talk to us. And what does that do? Do you get any insight from anything? You couldn't get Cole Beasley like wanting to get a trade out of town instead of goes to a national guy, you know. All this this puckering up to like be like these guys are great, and like you know, we're you know, we're you gotta listen to us because we're here every day. What does it result in? This was the best inside what has gone down with the bills and the players and the coaches during I think the McDermott era because they are so allegedly they are so like button up, they don't let anyone talk. And Ty was able to get people to talk. And that's the question I think people have to like come to terms, like. Why did they talk to Ty? Like not, and I'm not saying that like part of it, I think was frustration, but why do they open up to Ty? Why aren't they, they, they message their messaging with like Jason Wolf, Matt Perino's why aren't they doing that with those other guys? And I'll tell you why this is me. And I have no inside knowledge. This is me spitballing here. I think one, Ty does a lot of stories about players. He is a player's writer. Absolutely. A players coach. I don't think Ty gives a shit about the teams. Nope. He does not kiss the rings nope. of like the PR people. And I think people on the Bills beat, they sit there and they look and they go, okay, who's going to be here longer? Is it going to be like Sean McDermott or and Brandon Bean and the ownership, or is it going to be these players? It's going to be the ownership and the players. There's only a couple star players that are there long term. Like, you know what I mean? Like Josh Allen's going to be here for like 10, 15 years. And like but, like, other than that, like, there are guys who leave that door. And I think they know that. And they're like, well, I got to, you know, I don't want to rock the boat because I got to deal with, like, you know, I got to deal with these coaches. I got to deal with the ownership, the PR guy, all that sort of stuff. And, Ty, you know, my advice to some of these some of these writers, maybe do more features on players. You know, instead of using your budget to go to the Combine so you can report on freaking, uh, like, a player X wants to play with Josh Allen and all that sort of stuff. And maybe you get your insight afterwards. That's great. But like maybe use your budget to go to like do a feature on a couple of players and see what life is like for them. Cause that's what Ty does. He, Ty takes these and I don't mean to like Stanford tie, but like he, that's his. And I think what happens is let's just say he does a feature on this player. The player reads it, or maybe his PR person goes. This is a nice feature. This is how I lived, and like like growing up, and like what they went through. And it's a good piece to drop in March. That's my whole thing. Like right now, I'm an, I'm a I'm a competent person. Like I don't need mock drafts in February. I, like and I think I know there's an audience for that. But I think there's an audience for that because the writers, it's an easy piece to write. Like hey, I'm gonna do a mock draft. Like, Fuck, it fucking takes you five minutes probably. Whereas Ty will go somewhere interview Devin Singleton. I'm just using him as an example. And maybe like he does a feature on him and maybe he can go to that player and be like, "Hey, what happened?" The player's going to be like, "Oh, well, shit, you did you, you're, you're you're cool, dude. You did a nice feature on me and my story and not about how how I run the 40 and all that." And then they probably go back and he can get those stories for those players. And I don't see that enough. I don't remember the last time like I saw a feature article. Maybe you you rarely get them. Maybe you get them like in training camp you kind of get them sometimes but you don't hardly get them like you know around this time frame and like going up and i think that's that's another thing like maybe that's how he got these player sources because he's not there he's not on the zooms and all that sort of shit and the other thing too and this is what i i talked with you about this last time there are ways to find and get a hold of players like you can find players on the internet instagram there's the thing called lexus nexus which i i have lexus nexus for my job and if i have to look up Someone like I'll get like I have to go find this story for one of my casting shows. I got to find like this specific person I saw in a news article. And what I do is I just look like plug his name into Lexus Nexus. His number comes up. There's white pages like you pay for that. And I feel like he maybe he does some of that. I don't know. But like I feel like he doesn't go like everyone has to go, feels like they have to be obligated to go through the Bills PR. I don't think Tyler called the Bills PR to go, by the way, guys, hey, I want to go over this 13 seconds thing. Like, give me some – like, uh, they, would have, they would have slammed the phone on him. The same with the Giants. You think he called the Giants PR and was like, hey, you know, i was doing this Take down the Maras. Can you give me all the, the – the, they were no. Like, he goes out there and, like, whether it's through, like, doing stories where he's doing the feature stories and some of these players, they like it, or, again, he just doesn't care. Like, he's not – It goes to it goes back to what I said the last time around this the podcast with how you know the special teams coach uh, when he got let go or he left or whatever there was a bunch of Buffalo media who acted like oh yeah this isn't a surprise at all I'm like well were you sitting on it because no you didn't speculate about it on Twitter or stories or anything like that but all of a sudden you knew about it and which tells me you were kind of holding this out because you didn't want to speculate because like if you do that the Bills could get pissed off at you and I've heard stories about the bills being pissed off and like calling reporters and for the most innocuous things you could ever think of. And they didn't want to deal with it. But I think like this story, just all that shit that I say on Twitter about like, I want stories. I want ins- like, why, where's this access and all this? And I hear all these excuses of, well, know, well, we, we, we don't, we're not in the zooms or the zooms or things along those lines. Here's Ty. He comes in. Hasn't been on that Bills Bean in seven years, and those player—the only guy that that's there, I think, is Jerry Hughes might be the only guy that's there. Like, and he gets he gets player accord. Like, he gets three or four or five different sources. Yeah. Like, what I'm gonna say, like, you, 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 I'm a curmudgeon, sure, but I got the facts to back. I'm giving you. You are a curmudgeon. Examples. At least
1: you know that. I am. <laughs> I am. But I'm
2: giving you facts and examples as to how the fuck did this happen? How did he get this story? And. We couldn't get any of that
1: let me let me say this okay and, and
2: you could and and it proves once again you you can do you can do your job from a basement or in ty's case from a brewery because uh, he's not at that he's not he's not at one bill's drive getting this stuff you
1: know <laughs> let, so. let me say let me say this much joe um in terms of tyler again tyler is i i want to be sure that we understand something tyler might live in Western New York. He lives in East Aurora. But Tyler is, uh, Tyler's a national reporter. Tyler is the same as any other national guy. The difference is, is that he lives here. I what I will agree with you with, and I look. I'm not going to get into a conversation on what your opinion is is of. Uh, generally speaking, the Buffalo sports media, because I think not even have to say that we know it. Um, diddle for mine. I, I'll tell you, I they're different types. I do agree with some of what you said, and I'm going to... What do you disagree with?
2: Like, you I you say, think, like, I'm, I'm think, wrong? I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Not, in like, uh, I mean, the Buffalo, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm biased. The Buffalo, the Buffalo
1: sports media is not great at breaking news. I will agree with no, you on hold that. hold
2: on, hold on. Time out, time out, you time know,
1: out. You, I just let no. you talk for 10 minutes, and you ain't going to let me get nothing in though.
2: I'm not going to let you... Wait, hold on. Breaking news. Oh, look, I get it. And let me go back, and then I'm going to segue. I'm sorry. This is my show, too. Like, at least today. <laughs> So, so you talk about this national writer thing, right? Like, what do you think? You think like Ty? Like they they give you when you're a national writer, they give you like the key to the executive lounge of of sources, and you walk in with your card, and all of a sudden there's all these GMs there, like lined up in like a, a, a like a you know a bordello that's off the off the side. Like, I don't think so. He finds all this himself. Agreed. Dude, I agree with dude, that. But anyone, I think anyone if they want to can do that. Don't think. Look, Ty was a. a a, a national writer for the Bleacher Report, which no offense to the Bleacher Report, the Bleacher Report was garbage for like mo- from like until 2013 when anyone could write for it. They got bought by Warner Media, and then they started adding some new writers to it. But they they hadn't really they were they were there and and they they you know some they of these agents they stink. They, they yeah, but the, here's the thing: the people who break news like Schefter and all that, I think they do it because the NFL wants them to break news because they have rights holders like ESPN. Pays for like the the games and it's kind of like the ages. They're doing them a favor. What I want, I'm not asking. Look, look. I'm looking right into the camera right now. I don't want you guys in the Buffalo media to break if someone's signing or if someone's getting fired. All I want is for you to like get the temperature of the locker room and like get what how you feel and like and what's going on with this. Like Ty just did that in like I don't know how long he was working on this story. He could be working on it for like three months or oh, like three months, but like six weeks or a couple weeks. But, like, that's what I want. Like, just give me something I don't know. I don't need 10 reasons why Gronk is a good fit for the Bills or or how this player is going to come to Buffalo. And a, lot to Buffalo do, a lot of fans no, do, though.
1: A lot of fans do. I don't so want you people, to take this as me you, disagreeing with you and, and being, again, uh, the cheerleader is, for the Twitter Buffalo not, media.
2: Twitter, Pat, Twitter is not a great way to gauge. No, it's not. And it. Twitter
1: is a very small portion of the Bills fan base.
2: Do you know? Yes. But do you know how many people... Bills fans that like, I'm friends with, and I'm like, I'm gonna say like a lot, but like you know, I got like at least twelve fans who aren't on Twitter that I'm friends with. Do you know how many people? You know how many times I get articles about like what happened like during the week or anything like that? Hardly ever. But they're Bills fans. You know how many? At least half of them sent me Ty's article. Yeah, I'm not too. Because uh, because that I think when you go, when you live by the Twitter Bills Twitterverse, which is like the weirdest like like content. From, I don't know. They, they, I think that they're a different breed of like what your typical Bills fan wants to read and stuff. I mean, are you going to
1: let I, me make my point?
2: Go ahead. I'm sorry, my man. <laughs> sorry. The, the scotch is coming to my brain already. Go ahead.
1: I'm go not on. going to compare Tyler to the Buffalo sports media when it comes to covering why? the Bills because I'm. Are you going to let me finish? Because go ahead. Diff- okay, go because ahead. why? Because go they're ahead. different. I get different things from different reporters. I'll give you some examples specifically. Okay, Joe Biscalia, for an example. When it comes to um, when the Bills play, his post game, his seven observations column on Sunday nights after the game, his all twenty two film breakdown on Tuesdays or Wednesdays during the season is must read to me. Sal Capaccio from WGR, right now he's been doing the a, uh, a, a state of the team, position by position, breaking down players, their performance, their contract situations, stuff like that, going into the off season. I find stuff like that valuable. Draft stuff, I understand why you don't care about draft stuff and that's perfectly understandable. And I do think a lot of Bills fans don't give a shit about the draft at all until like maybe a week before it, the average Bills fan. But I live for the draft stuff. So all these players and yeah, do they like chicken wings? Yeah, who gives a shit about that? Would they like to play with Josh Allen? Yeah, I don't care about that either because who doesn't want to play with Josh Allen? And who's going to get out of mic and say, like what prospect in reality is going to get on the mic and say, eh, I really don't want to go. I don't know if I want to go to Buffalo I don't know if I want to play for Josh Allen. You know, he's not really all that great. Nobody's gonna say that. So yeah, I I, I agree with some things with what you're saying. I just refuse. Now, can the local media do a better job of getting the uh the temperature of the locker room? Yes, I do agree with you. I'm not disagreeing on every single thing that you're saying. I don't know their obstacles, I don't know what they have to deal with, I don't know if there's consequence. I don't know, and I'm not gonna try to pretend I do. I will agree with you specifically on one point, and you are right. In today's day and age, the game has changed. I'm a perfect example, Joe. I have relationships with players. I haven't, I haven't covered a Bill's game in 17 years at the stadium, okay? Oh
2: my God, you, what player likes you?
1: <laughs> I have, I, Look, I talked there to some, you go. There I you talked go, to some players. Okay. I talked to some players. I have a relationship with some players. I have a relationship with a lot of former players. I have a relationship with some people in the media. I've used Twitter to your point, you know, having to go through team for this or that bullshit in today's world with Twitter and other means you could reach out to people directly. Okay. And I know I'm sounding like a braggart right here, but I've had Adam Schefter on this podcast. I've had Josina Anderson on this podcast. I've had Ross Tucker on this podcast, Lee Steinberg on this podcast, uh, Josina Anderson, Richard Deitch, I, I could keep going on and on and on. National people. Christine Ledlow from TNT, one of the you know head people with TNT basketball. My point is this. I didn't go through any channels. I didn't go to ESPN. I didn't go to Fox. I, I didn't go to any of these people. I went to them directly, talked to them, got them on my show. I've had people from American Idol on the show. I've had people from The Voice on the show. I didn't go through those channels. I reached out to them directly. So you can... Reach out to people directly. You can develop relationships with people directly without having to go through team channels. That said, in fairness, I don't work for the team. I don't know what they have to deal with if they do things a certain way. I don't know. And I, I can't speak on something that I don't know.
2: Well, well, here's the thing a couple things. You're right. And you, it, those are good examples. I can add to that. I one time worked on an NFL network show. It ended up not being filmed, unfortunately, where I had to look for basically players who had sports memorabilia okay like you know like oh i have the i have the the, the cleats i wore in super bowl 30 or whatever the hell and like it was it was a show from the nfl network from a different production company and the first thing i did was okay this seems easy i'm going to go to all the pr people the pr people were useless some of them were kind of nice and like we'll let you know and i i followed up all the time being like yo like i need your help blah 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 and I ended up having to find everyone on my own through going through PR people. I was talking to Hall of Famers on the phone because I went through their website and emailed them. And again, this is like you know memorabilia and stuff, but it was easy for me to get like a hold of them. And I think that's sometimes what happens is like like it gets it gets acted like getting a hold of these guys is just like you know you just can't do it or whatever. And I my whole thing is what's the repercussion? You know I don't think I don't think. The the Bills can pull your press pass because you interviewed someone like out of turn because you asked them, hey, you want to do a story on this? Like if you do that, that that's you there's like the Pro Football Writers Association. They could easily come in there and say, you know, you can't do that to this person. Like I've seen that on and before. You know, that's how sources get like that's why you have to have anonymous sources. That's what Ty, you know, did. Like he didn't call the PR people. But I I guess my point in all this is like. To have stories like what Ty did, where he's going like, he's going like not through the PR people. And let's just say he was, let's just say he was jeopardizing like his, like his standard stance with the Bills. And maybe he has, who knows? Is it really like you go through all these pieces you read just now, like with like, like best free agents or like the state of the roster and contracts? No offense. And I'm going to say this very delicately. I can go find that myself. I can go and see what this when this guy's contract is gone. I can go see this guy's stats. I can go to like I can do it myself. You know what I mean? And like I'm not I'm not trying to like crap on those those pieces you laid out. You know what I mean? And like, but some of them, we are such in a a, a watered down content business where you need to have four or five stories a day, and that's where I think I feel for the Buffalo media. That's in that fair. Sense that you have editors who want like six pieces a week. We need to have draft profiles. We need to have like, you know, we need to have a piece on like this Bill's Mafia member or like, or, you know, brother Bill getting screwed over by like Bills by a billion slogan and put it on the Buffalo News website. And you're like, why is this on here? Like, you need all, like, it's just a watered down stuff now where it's just not about quality, it's about quantity. And I hate that. That's not what it should be about. It should be, Tyler Dunn doesn't drop. Ten pieces a week. He drops one basically a week that you're like, "Holy shit, this is a great piece. This right here, we're talking about it on our one here, we were talking about the, how great that piece. We're not going to be talking about like, you know, a prospects po- profile or this or that. This is what I think people want to read way more. So yes, you have your audience of I need the, the player prospects or the state of the, the, the roster and all this sort of shit. Sure, there are people that like that. But what would you rather read, that or this? It's this. I mean, I unless you're a complete shill and you need to read lovey-dovey like Sean McDermott's The Greatest Man about Alive, you know, you'd rather read this, I would say. Am, am I wrong with that? No, like, you're not.
1: You- you're not wrong. Comp- <laughs> comparing Tyler Dunn to 99.9% of people in the media, it's like bringing a, a gun to a knife fight. And I would say that for 32 markets. Tyler Dunn is one of a small handful of people out there in the business that had the the that has the talent, the ability, and the assets. Man, the rolodex. I mean, Tyler Dunn is known for having one of the biggest rolodexes of, of anybody. I guess in, my in question is this:
2: He he does. Why can't any of these? Other I guys? don't know. I, That's you, all I'm asking.
1: I'm not why saying your points don't have any merit. I, I'm not saying that.
2: Look, Tim Graham has people. I know he fucking he, has OJ. He found OJ in a parking lot somewhere, probably. or uh, Not a parking lot, but like he has people. I don't hmm. know why other, these other people don't. And I think part of it is is like, you know, they're, they're you know, I don't want to say late. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of it. Like I said, they could just, this was a hard, this is probably a hard story for Ty to do. Like it took hours probably on it. Days. But doing yeah, but doing the prospect profile or the state of the the, the Bills roster ain't gonna take you that long. You know, and I know I look, I used to like whether you but like, there, there's, a, like say, there's, there's, there's a, there's a
1: difference pieces. between beat reporting and, and look, and you are no, right about see, yes no, I am. You're, you're right about one thing. This is a different world now. And you are right. Exactly. You gotta it's you gotta get pieces out. It's quantity, 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 quantity. You gotta get your shit out. You can't go three, four days unless you're the athletic who go three or four days, you know, even the, the, the cover guys without writing something about the team. But like say the Buffalo News or Neocop or WGR, it's like, you got to get four or five pieces out in a day. So I, you're not wrong silly, because about you that. You don't
2: really make, you don't even, and that's the, that's the whole, that's opens up another can of worms. You're not making that much money off of that. I know what Google ads are like. You're not making much. I don't,
1: so it's, I, I don't know. I don't want mean, to, I don't no, want to get into, I, you're right. I don't want to get into like a, a business but, discussion. But the
2: whole thing is this. You're trying to make it like beat reporter versus tie the, the whole sports. This is
1: not, we've talked about this. Not Beat not Reporter. No, 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 Hold no, 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 no. Cause I'm not making it about Beat Reporter versus Ty. A Beat Reporter writes a six to 800 word article. Tyler Dunn just wrote a 6,450 word professional written uh, documentary, basically. Okay. Yeah. And but- it takes days, if not a couple, it takes probably one to two weeks to write that kind of story. I'm i I'm, I'm going to ask Tyler. I, I talked to him, but I never asked him. I want to know how long it took him to put that story together. And he's probably going to say a week and maybe two weeks. Five if, if, you're, if you're covering oh, the yeah. bills for WGR, if you're covering the bills for New York Opera or, or the Athletic or the Buffalo News, you ain't got a week. You do if you're a feature writer, but if you're a reporter, if you're an everyday beat guy, well, you don't have a week, two weeks to put a story together.
2: I, I don't know about that because you could spend a couple hours on that day. Okay, mm. and you and you could put your other bullshit up, like player profile X and all that. <laughs> and like, all I'm saying is, like, for that, and this is where, like, if I was an editor, you know, I would just be like, look, I don't care about like getting four or five boring. We're gonna get a couple thousand readers. <laughs> I want good shit if that it's it, gonna that's gonna be like people are going to pay people pay to to read this article.
1: If you're my an God. editor, you're not sending your local concision to the scouting combine in, in Indianapolis. That's what you're telling me, right?
2: No, no, it depends. Here's let me, the, you know, we I had that little thing on Twitter last week before I, I I blew Twitter. Like I was burning that bridge before I was going on my Lent sabbatical. I understand like why I would send them there if they go there and they get me, they get me stuff. Content. Me
1: we were, we've been, we've been fighting we were, all we week would, about content that, on Facebook.
2: Part of part. That's part of what this is. I don't care about these press con- Like. Hearing Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott talk at a press conference, are you kidding me? They talked three months, three weeks ago. They're gonna talk three weeks from now. There's there's it's just it's just filling your freaking content. Again, it's the quantity thing instead of the quality thing. I'll send you to the combine if I'm an editor, if you're gonna be able to find out what happened in that 13 seconds, because you go and talk to a scout or Brandon Bean or you find out from Brian Dable if he's got some issues with like McDermott, which I know. I know on public they said no, but who the fuck knows? There's like- been
1: there's been some news locally to come out to the local media's credit. This week at the Combine, actual. That someone
2: wants to play with Josh Allen, I heard. No, 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 no. There's, good, been, great shit there, there, there's
1: been Go some ahead. legitimate news to come out of the Combine this week from local guys, too, not Tyler. I,
2: I did see Josh Reed had that thing. Josh about Reed
1: the, had those, something about. You know, some,
2: he had a kind of a weird tag at the end. Like, yeah. The, the, but the, the coaches said it doesn't, it doesn't it, this happens all the time, which I was like, okay. Right, well. there
1: was discontent anyways. among the Bills coaches, but also that it's not really that unusual. That That's newsworthy. Tim Graham had a piece this week about he heard at the combine there was talk that if Gronk doesn't retire that the bills are going to make a run for him. So, I mean, that's, that's news. That's yeah, word. I don't know.
2: I don't know if he got it from the, from the combine. He said he did. He I, said
1: buzz I, at I, the was, combine. Okay. He said buzz at okay. the combine.
2: All right. Well, as I said, I will give that, I will give them credit for it. But a lot of times <laughs> if, 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 if I, I don't, if, if you're getting me stuff. And again, this goes back to like, when I read pieces or see bills, Twitter, I don't see a lot of like what's, I don't see any original like what's going on in the locker room stuff or sources. And again, I don't need breaking. I don't need you to break the news that Gronk is coming to Buffalo, but I would like you to tell me like, okay, like there's an interest in Gronk or that there's interest in this guy or that, or this or that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's, that's really what I want. You know, at the end of the day, just give me a little bit of that. I don't need you to dissect the game. Uh, You know, I know there are people like you who want that and that's fine. But I think, I think, You have uh, there's an audience that is really wants that more so. We like the we like the dirt, man. Like I like the dirt. I ain't gonna lie. Like I feel like it's. I I mean I think Ty's article. You have a dirt article that goes inside the sport that goes inside the locker room that is going to do way more traffic, way more readers than here is your scouting combine portfolio on this guy wants to play with Josh Allen and loves the wings at. Elmo's or the,
1: the, the bottom, the, like, bo- the bottom line with Tyler's article is this. And I mean, our discussion about the media, that's kind of, you know, that's something that just spun off and that's a, a separate topic. But in in regards to Tyler's article specifically, I, I think what it illustrates is that it, this hurts, man, it still hurts. It hurts the fans and it, and it hurts the players. And we, we saw plenty of that in Ty's article. And, uh, yeah. and the reason why is this, because at the end of the day, Everybody knows. We know. The players know in their hearts. The Bills should have won the Super Bowl this year. And if they don't mess up those last 13 seconds, they're at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm telling you right now, the way Josh Allen was playing against Kansas City and New England, they played that game 99 times. The Bills are winning 98 and a half of those 99 games. The Bills are beating Cincinnati. And then they're in the Super Bowl against the Rams, who I think are a very top heavy, talented team. And I think the Bills could have beat the Rams. Maybe they don't. I'm not going to go so far to say the Bills guaranteed to win the Super Bowl, but the Bills were going to be in the Super Bowl at worst were it not for those last 13 seconds. So I think even weeks later, a story like this, it kind of, if those wounds were were healing a little bit, this opens it back up because it's still, it is a wound and it's still semi-fresh in everybody's mind and it hurts, man. And I think Tyler did a really good job of, of showing how much. He that's did. my take. How,
2: how did the media react to his article on Twitter? I haven't talked did to him they... about it. No, no, no. I'm saying like on Twitter, though. Oh. Like are other media members. Report, lots of retweets. Like, lots,
1: lots of retweets. Like, lots. Of I know quote. he was
2: on. I know he was on GR. I yeah. know
1: that. Lots so, of lots of know. retweets. Lots of quote tweets, which I, I remember. Then and This has led to some fans saying it's clickbait. And, you know, he's got that personal yeah, I grind. I, I remember Nate Gary how was, was how going at clickbait. it with some fans saying, you know, hey, if you don't want to know, you don't want to know answers, you want to move on. That's fine. But I want to no know answers and I'm yeah. not ready to move on.
2: And look, it's, 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 Feb- no, it's not February. It's March or whatever. Like you really need to like watch some asshole throw 70 yards on a freaking in their shorts. Like we really don't We like, you we need to combine. move on to what some guy throwing in shorts. Yes. We need to move on to that. God damn before, it. Before,
1: before I let you go, um, I, I want to get you <laughs> know what it's going to be. I love when I ask you a fucking rhetorical question because I already know what it's going to be. But Joe's favorite Buffalo Bill of all time has been granted uh, permission to to seek a trade. Cole Beasley- Another
2: another story that the local media didn't get, by the way. Uh, Anyways, go ahead.
1: Cole Beasley has been granted permission to seek a trade. Um, Speculation, I mean, it's not reported as fact, but word is that the bills are not going to pay him what his current salary is for this year and that he's not interested in taking a pay cut. So. The Bills are allowing him to pursue a trade. I think it's pretty obvious at this point he's done in Buffalo. I think if he if the Bills can find a trade partner from Awesome, if not, they're probably going, not probably, they're going to cut him because I don't, again, word is he's not interested in a pay cut. And quite frankly, Joe, I've heard, and again, I'm not like, you know, sourcing making breaking news or anything, but I've heard that Cole Beasley doesn't really want to be in Buffalo anymore. And it's not because of the football part of it. He just... He doesn't want to be in New York. You don't want to be here, man. And again, it's not it because of the team. Back, it's not really? because of the locker room. It's not because oh, of his teammates. It's, he just. Fucking taint. Well, well, you know,
2: well. I was about to be very diplomatic and go, hey, you know, I understand. He's like, but then you throw it that way. Like he wants to leave because he can't stand New York. That dude's going to go on like, like that douchebag, Clay Travis's podcast and probably talk about how, how horrible New York state is. And like whatever. Okay. He's a good player
1: though, man, Joe, at the end of the day, I, you know, I, uh, wonder- well, I,
2: I think, I think he regressed a little bit this year, but um, I, I still look, I will stand by this. I think he, he was a, he was much better last year. I think he probably feels like he got phased out a little bit. Like he wasn't playing as many snaps as he did last year. Um, and I, he probably felt like the team, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't, he wasn't happy with having to get rid of his social media so we can get those riveting songs and those awesome <laughs> shitty fake news quote tweets, but you know, if he wants to leave because of New York, that's, I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I, I got, we, we got in an argument like about it. Yeah. You've been, you've been like arguing with me, you you fucker. Uh, but like, we talked about how, like when I said like Poy, I, I tweeted out like when Poyer and Rachel Bush end up leaving Buffalo one day, they're going to like turn heel on the bills and in, in the, in the region. And I, I stand by that, man. I feel like they're all going to like,
1: not Jordan. Crack- I wouldn't be surprised if Rachel, I wouldn't be too shocked if Rachel ultimately did. I don't think Jordan Poyer will.
2: Well, I think, I think when I say turn on them, I think they're just going to like trash like New York, Buffalo, the the people who are like, like the, the people who have like people like me who have called them out for like fake news and like,
1: you know, some fans
2: quote tweeting, like, you know, like, oh, the, this this the vaccine is a metal chip. And then like, kind of like Cole Beasley,
1: Cole Beasley's called out the fans, but he, you know, it's. It's a very small percentage of fans that hate Cole Beasley. The majority of Buffalo oh, Bills fans love Cole Beasley. Let me ask you this, and and I'm gonna well, if hold on. If, we're, if, we're, Are you capable of right. having an objective opinion yes! without personal yes! bias and grudge? Because you are a grudge holder. When you look back at Cole Beasley, I'm a grudge
2: holder. Let's, like, where, let's, who that's have a, I had a grudge against? Cole
1: Beasley. That's, you
2: still you still owe me a wedding gift, and I don't have a grudge <laughs> against
1: you right now. Cole Beasley leaves. Let us the assumption is he leaves. Okay. How do you think? He should be remembered for his the totality three years in Buffalo. Is he uh, a really really good receiver who helped this team a lot and who helped think, progress Josh Allen, or is he the douchebag who caused a lot of problems off the field?
2: No, no. You see, this is I'm an objective first. I mean, yes, a part of the douchebag thing is a little bit apart that, but whatever. I mean, look, he was a very good he was very good last year. You know, in in mm-hmm. terms of what he did, like he was a safety valve for Josh Allen. This year he wasn't as good. I think. I think they. I think he, he. You know, he's an old. I talked about this before. That slot wide receiver position. That is like the twenty. That is like the twenty twenty two version of what like running backs used to be when they used to have to carry the ball like twenty to thirty times a game. Like they're they're wear and tear. They die when they get to a certain age. And I feel like if you look at the slot guys who, who have caught a lot of balls like the Wes Welkers, the Julian Edelman's, those type of guys, their shelf life isn't as as big as, like, a guy that plays on the outside. And I think that's where he's going. I think – I don't think he's going to, like, go like this, but he's definitely, you know, fall off a cliff. But he's going to – I think the best days are done. Like, I think he's going to just get, like – they're going to kind of go down a little bit. But, look, he was a great player. And, um, you know, I I think the – what's going to be interesting, because I have this theory that we're going to see how good Josh Allen is. I mean, he already is great, but, like, how much – I personally think you can put anyone in that slot. This isn't about Cole Beasley. This is about Josh Allen and the system. And he's going to make that slot guy sing. I don't think it was an accident that Isaiah McKenzie, a guy who was off the streets, like, who the heck, you know, who's this guy, had, like, the game of his life against New England when he had to play that whole game in the slot, and he was awesome. I I, I think that's what happens when you have a franchise quarterback who who can just accentuate everything and make these wide receivers into studs, he can do that. Because before this, look, when Cole Beezy was in Dallas, he was an all right player. He wasn't he was he and he had some good quarterbacks, but I think you know, he came to this system. This was a great system for him where the slot wide receiver gets a lot of looks, and he had Josh Allen, which is probably like the best quarterback he's played with. You know, I mean, even though Dax is good, but like I think I think Dax when he had him wasn't as nearly as good as Dax is today. Uh, Like Dax, you know what I mean? Like, but the point is, I think that's what you'll see. But like, yeah, you know, there'll be some you know, I, look. Where am I gonna if I if I hear the idiot on on Twitter like he'll come back? He'll probably join a Florida team and talk shit about New York. And I, of course, I'll, I'll shit talk him on Twitter and be like, "Get the fuck out of here." But like, you know, you know, I, I I think he was he was it's it's a mixture of of like of more the football. Look, he was a really good football player. Like I will say that. Like he was really good. Even he was he was a taint at the end of the day. You know, with all that shit, and it was kind of like, why is this guy? But
1: I yeah. I I agree with you to a point. I I think he is uh th- this year he wasn't quite as good as he was in 2020, but I still think he is uh I, I think you might be underselling him a little bit. I still think he's one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. That said, I do think I th- I I I'd be willing to bet that he's gone. And I'm even with him gone. I'm not sure they're going to bring back Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But what I do see is uh I think the Bills are going to go after a receiver, whether it's in free agency or, so. or in early draft pick, I'm telling you, I just, this will be a topic for another discussion because again, we're, we're out of time today, but yeah, I, I think the bills are going to be at least semi-aggressive when it comes to adding to either, either wide receiver, running back or tight end, maybe two of those three positions. I think they're going to do something uh pretty significant, but l- let me ask you this one question. And then we definitely got to get out of here. I know you're not, uh, exactly the guy I should be speaking to about hockey when it what? comes to the Buffalo Sabres. The but, Mr. Hockey. But but look, oh, this is a big week for the Sabres in terms of returns. We're taping this Sunday night, dropping this. People are hopefully listening and watching this on Monday. So tonight, uh, Florida comes to town. And for the first time since being traded, Sam Reinhart, who's been terrific in Florida, one of the best teams in the NHL, he's here. And then of course, on Thursday night, even a bigger deal, Jack Eichel returns with Vegas. The Sabers lost on Sunday, three 0 Two of the goals were empty netters. That aside, they've been playing pretty well lately. They won two in a row before that. The record doesn't really show, you know, the improvement, but they're fun to watch. The product's been good, and I know you haven't really been watching much of it. Again, you're not a hockey uh, guy, right yeah. now. You're not the guy you should be talking to about this. But I will <laughs> ask you this: Do you do you do you think this is a uh, a big week? Are you? Because you haven't been watching a lot of Sabres games, are you? Do you plan on watching these games? Sam Ryan are coming back in, and Jack on Thursday.
2: If you can remind me to, I will. But I, I honestly forget that they're on. But am I? I, I I'll maybe the Vegas game. I will watch a little bit of it. You know, I I, I keep forgetting that the Sabres are on. That's a kind of my my big issue because I do have ESPN Plus. And I can get all the games. I also have to like you know it's I have to I have to spend time with the wife. You know, and sure. I don't think she wants to watch the Sabres because she doesn't give a shit. And, um, but I think it's, I'll just say this. I do think it's a pretty big week, like in terms of like seeing these guys come back. I can already imagine Twitter is, and I'm not going to be on it, unfortunately. It was going to be a, an epic disaster, like with Eichel there and Sam Reinhart there and, and then seeing those guys play. How has, real quick, how has Eichel been doing? I haven't followed him at all. I He's know, played
1: well, pretty reasonably well. He's got like two goals in. I don't know, like maybe five or six points, but they had <laughs> going in. I don't know how they did this weekend, but they were like two and five since he returned, really? yeah, or something Ooh. like that. Two and five, yeah. and you know, you got your haters out there, like, "Well, Jack's a loser," and you know, this is happening in the Jack Vegas now. Loser. Whatever, man, it's going to be a very uh, contentious. I'm just curious. It's going to be a contentious week for for hockey fans, anyway. On Twitter, it's,
2: it's going to be. So let me ask you this. Let's keep it kind of interesting, uh, maybe, because this isn't this force me a little bit but no it's it's fine but anyways i digress if you're in a fan in attendance you see jack like come on the ice you booing them
1: nope
2: sam reinhardt booing them nope not their fault what, what do you say the fans who because i that's going to be the big discussion because the sabers have always been like the fans have always had this i remember when drury was there or briere came back and they booed them when they had the puck i'm curious and again it's not the same there's not twenty thousand. i don't know how many people are going to go to this game it's good could be five for all I know. I know that they've had issues selling seats, but that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a big talking point this week. Like, are you gonna boo him? Like, you know, would you boo Jack when he has the puck? I think they're going Labor's to. I I you, wouldn't. You though, think they're going to heavily?
1: I wouldn't though because really? you're you're blaming him for everything that went wrong. Then where I think the failures over the well, last decade. he did want to
2: leave. I mean, you're right. He but wouldn't he you want to leave? Though. You're you're oh, yeah, you're I'll an elite player oh, yeah, for been, six
1: I, years and you're not even been sniffing. Been. You're not even playing in an important game in oh, yeah. March. I, would,
2: I, I want to be gone. out
1: of there too. You won't let me get the surgery I want. You've made horrible personnel decisions for six years and you've rotted six years of my career away. Yeah. I want to leave. I think the fans are going to blew the shit out of him because they like to blame somebody. Uh, I don't, it's not his fault. He was a great player. I think Sam Reinhardt is going to get a little bit of a better reaction because he wasn't, it wasn't controversial him leaving. Sure. He, he was going into the last year of a deal and they weren't going to be able to re-sign him. So they they traded him and, and got something good for, or, or the best they could. Jack's a different story. Jack was, I want to be traded. Jack had like 17 million years left still on his contract when they when they traded him. So I don't know. It, it's going to be contentious. And by the way, I'm going to give you one last hot take that we got to get out of here. I, I don't buy, I know at Buffalo Wednesday ain't on Twitter, I think you're going to create some kind of, I don't think you could, you're, a week like this, I don't think you're going to be able to resist, man. I think well, Joe Joe's well, going to be I mean, lurking around somewhere.
2: No, I mean, I I, I will. I, I'm going to probably retweet this tomorrow so you can at least get, because I'm sure people who follow me on Twitter don't want to follow you because you're terrible on Twitter. <laughs> so I, I will be more than happy to, to sign on. Yeah. Because you tagged me in the podcast, so I will retweet it and then, like, run it. No, I've been fine. Let me just tell you, like, I've been, I don't miss, the only thing I really miss about Twitter is getting news. Like news cycle, like things like happening. Cause like I had to download like the Buffalo news just to get some sports stuff or ESPN and pro football talk, like, like wrestling websites. Like I had to like download those on my app so I can refresh them. Cause yeah. I would just get the news through my feed. That's what I miss. Like, that's kind of annoying. I don't miss Bill's top take Twitter. I mean, you telling me that people are saying that the tide article is just clickbait and like, a small percentage.
1: A small, a small percentage. percentage. Would, most I would, I would people, mean, would, most people appreciated the work. I, I, let okay. me say that. So I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to shit on all Bills fans. It's a very small okay. percentage. Well,
2: that's that. That I don't miss. I I don't know what else like that. I don't miss. I'm sure I'm missing, like amazing content of like chicken wings and, and prospects and all that sort of jazz. I don't miss that at all. Um, I don't miss interacting with you. You're terrible on Twitter. I'm only I'm only friends with you on there because I, I you you allow me to be on this podcast. Even though I get I get offers all the time to go on other podcasts, and I do not a lot, but like here and there. And I said no. I'm I'm uh, contracted to uh, Pat Moran the Great over here. Uh, by the way, and then we can leave off I'm going to Disney World next weekend. Nice or Disneyland. I always get. To, I'm going to Anaheim. Have you ever been to the, 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 the nope. Disneyland or anything? Nope. Yeah. I, you guys should draft Disney movies because, unfortunately, so growing up, and then give me a minute, I never watched any Disney movies. Were you a, a big Disney fan like no. growing up? And, yeah, me either. And, like, my wife thinks it's, like, incredulous. Like, I never watched Aladdin. I never watched Toy Story. Nothing. I watched, like, two... Di- I was, like, a Bugs Bunny guy and Ninja Turtles cartoons, and I just... I didn't watch Frozen. I haven't watched any of that. And you haven't watched any of that stuff?
1: No, I have in recent years, but not growing up now.
2: Okay. Well, even in recent years. So, like, we're binging all of these, which is, which is I mean, I not looking. It's a nightmare. But I, like, we're, like, watching all of these right now. You guys, my point is you and Yurden, when he gets back, you guys should draft Disney movies. That's what, that should be one of your drafts, a Disney movie draft.
1: <laughs> we'll do that. All right, guys. Talk to you later, man. Have a good one.
2: Peace out, everyone.